Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, thanks for joining us on the Do Business Better podcast. I've got a guest today. We're going to talk about engineering. We're going to talk about entrepreneurialism. We're going to talk about strengths and weaknesses. We're going to talk about entering a market where you already know a lot of stuff and have great connections and how you exploit that. So we're talking about exploitation, engineering, entrepreneurialism, and also recognizing strengths and weaknesses, among other things, from a guy named Matt Reeder. Matt Reeder is an Iowa-based engineer who has a daytime job and then also a side hustle, as we like to say in entrepreneurial circles. But I actually believe his side hustle can grow. And maybe that's what he's going to glean from us here on our conversation on Do Business Better. Matt, uh, I met you at an agricultural conference, uh, a convention trade show a year ago, bumped into you again at the same convention and trade show this year. Uh, We have a mutual friend and uh, business uh, connection, Kelly Garrett, uh, who I work with with Extreme Ag. And uh, he's a farmer, an entrepreneur, a business person. And he and you entered into a business arrangement. And he said, hey, Damien, you ought ought to do, you ought to have Matt on your podcast. I said, that's a brilliant idea. So anyway, give me a little background. You have a daytime job. You're an engineer. Uh, You willingly admit uh, your weakness is marketing, uh, but you're a smart dude and you're also an agricultural guy. So you're an agricultural guy, engineer guy, entrepreneurial guy, and you've got something that's going on that's actually growing. So I want to hear all about it. Give me the background. Uh, Yeah, I guess um, I grew up on a farm in Western Iowa, Um, went to college for ag engineering, Um, started farming shortly um, after I got out of college. and then I work full-time as an engineer for a plastics company. Um, the company that I work for is Lundell Plastics. We build a lot of products there for agricultural purposes, um, wear components, auger flighting for seed handling and that sort of thing. Um, and then on my own farm, um, I guess I'm always looking for ways to improve things, which is is kind of how a lot of these ideas come about. Um, there's a lot of the ideas that we market through Lundell Plastics, build and market through Lundell Plastics. That it was just a need that I found on my own farm. Um, and then some of the products that I've uh, developed, I guess, to help plant better, um, I kind of saw an opportunity there. Um, and Kelly Garrett, who you mentioned, um, he saw opportunity there as well. Um, he saw the product, liked it, and he's like, we need to start marketing this thing. So uh, we kind of partnered up um, and uh, through Kelly's a company that Kelly has a, a part ownership of called Integrated Ag Solutions, we started marketing some of the planter products that that I've uh developed on my own farm basically just out of the the need to do things you know better simpler whatever whatever the need may be so matt you you know you're uh, you're smart dude and you got this engineering job and so you you design stuff pardon me you design stuff for your your own employer and then you said, I've got this idea over here for this other thing. Is there a conflict of you? Because I know a lot of people listening to this are saying, I've got a normal job and I also have ideas, uh, but I want to make sure there's no conflict. How do you keep that from being a conflict between you and what Matt Reeder does with his, uh, you know, doing business as Matt Reeder versus working on behalf of the company Lundell Plastics? Yep. Um, so the company Lundell Plastics, it's a very small company. I've worked there for around 20 years. Um, I work directly with the owner of the company. Uh, we have a very good relationship. So 
Um, there's obviously certain products that I'm developing for Lundell Plastics all the time, but there, there's other products that I'm developing on my own time um, and doing all the testing and stuff on my own farm. And um, I guess it's a pretty open relationship. We just discuss. I'm like, hey, this is one product that I'm probably going to look to develop on my own. Um, and then um, some of the products I'm still developing for Lundell Plastics as well. Um, so, okay, the product you developed, the, the the main one, because you've got a few more, but let's just go with the main one, which is a closing wheel. To the person that has no idea that's tuning in, it's like, Damien, damn it, you're talking about ag stuff. No, we're not. We're talking about entrepreneurialism. We're talking about turning an engineering idea into a product and then how to sell it. And that's what we're really going after here. But the product, just so we understand what it is, what is it? Um, so on a planter, there's wheels that run on the back of it. They close the seed trench. So after the seeds placed in the ground, um, the closing wheels, the job of them is to close that seed trench. Um, there's a lot of challenges with that. Um, some of it, the planter itself creates compaction around the seed, the seedlings or the seeds. So you want to break that compaction up. So the seedlings have a chance to, so the roots can spread out and grow. Um, there's a lot of closing wheels on the market, um, and I used a lot of different ones prior to uh, developing my own, but I was just never satisfied with any of the other closing wheels on the market in all conditions. You know, they'd work sometimes, sometimes they wouldn't. So I just started um, playing around different, uh, it's basically the teeth on the wheel, playing around the geometry of them and that sort of thing to find something that was effective. So you got on your computer, your what, your CAD design or whatever your your sort of uh, whatever the software is, and you started designing this thing, and you drew it up, and you said, uh, "I've got a, I built a better mousetrap." And then you went to your company and said, well, "Can we make this here?" Yeah, yeah. So um, along with the closing wheel, uh, we have a nutrient application system. Um, they kind of work hand in hand. The closing wheels, um, they incorporate the nutrients as well. The closing wheels, the plastic portion of it, that was something that obviously we could make at Lundell Plastics. So it's a kind of a win-win, I guess, for myself and the employer. Um, you know, the company makes some money off of it and um, I'm able to do so as well. Um, and then a lot of the other components are steel, um, you know, the hubs and the fertilizer brackets and stuff. So I just have other contacts that I've used to manufacture those products for me. So the question for you, Matt, then you have a patent on this? Uh, we weren't able to patent it. Um, I guess I looked into it. Um, there was chances to get maybe a utility type patent so you could patent the whole system. Um, but there's been so much work on closing wheels over the past 20 to 30 years. It, the patent, the scope of the patent would have been so narrow. It would have been very easy to work around. Um, so it would have been very expensive to get the patent, um, as all patents are. And it probably wouldn't have offered that much protection, I guess, was my thought. So years ago, I trademarked a few things. And uh, and if you're uh, listening to this, this is we're, we're going to get back to the entrepreneurial and the marketing part of it. But I think this is really important because there's a lot of people, Matt, that you, you are approached by that say, hey, you know what? You got this thing going. I've got an idea. I, I got an idea for a better staple gun. And if you're listening to this, I'm holding up a staple gun right now. <laughs> you know, I've got an idea for a better whatever. And a lot of people think the idea is the most important part or the engineering part. And then they go down this thing of, I'm like, all right, you know, Matt's an engineer, for God's sakes, he's been doing it for 20 years. And in fact, he works in manufacturing. So it's a little easier for somebody like you with your aptitude and connections and background to take this better mousetrap idea and bring it forward. But even the person that has a normal job that's not working for an engineering firm, that's not working for a plastics molding company, whatever, they think then, damn, I better be careful because this idea is going to get stolen from me. I've got to get it patented. 
And I guess, why don't you just take us through that? Because I guess my point is you might, this thing might die between now and getting it actually all the way through the legal channels. And there's a real concern about being stolen, having your idea lifted from you. But there's also the idea that it may never actually come to fruition through that channel. And that's been some of my observation. I want you to tell me about yours. Yeah. So the one thing that um, I've kind of found in in my experience with this is usually, um, you know, I, through my day job, as you want to say, um, I have a lot of people approach me with these ideas and everybody's worried about that idea getting stolen. Um, And everybody thinks a patent's a great thing and, and they can be great. If it's genuinely a brand new, unique idea, not just an improvement on something, um, they can be a good thing and offer some protection. Um, patents are very expensive to get. And the other thing is, if anybody ever copies that, you have to have the funds and the um, ambition to defend that patent as well. So and defend means litigation. Exactly. So it may, you have, and, and it may not come to litigation, Matt. It might mean you hire your attorney to start sending letters and then doing the research and saying, okay, you're selling this thing that's copying me in the Toledo marketplace. And I've also found it in the Columbus, Ohio marketplace. And we are going to do a cease and desist. And then they don't respond. And then you say, well, now we're filing a lawsuit. This again becomes a, a costly legal uh, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh you have to kind of know that getting in, because obviously if you're not going, if you're not willing to spend the money to defend that patent, there's no sense getting it to begin with, I guess. And a lot of times, you know, as legal cases go, um, whoever has the most funding or the, the amount of backing to defend the thing or just keep fighting it until somebody runs out of money, you know, ultimately can win. So, um, that kind of, to me, that's kind of where the marketing part comes in. So, if you have a good idea, um, one of the best ways to do it is just get it to market and market the heck out of it and just try to saturate it. So people know yours first. If other people come along and copy it in a way, that's kind of a, a testament to, to the fact that you have a good product. So so marketing, obviously, that plays a big role in, you know, in actually having a good product and defending it as well. Because if everybody knows about your product first, then obviously... Um, anybody else is going to look like the copycat. True. And then also, uh, but sometimes that's not all bad either. Remember, MySpace was well known before at Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Know, uh, which one of them is still going? So being first isn't necessarily always best. Being first then establishes yourself as the leader, the the thought leader, the uh, the innovator or whatever, but also it can be that you go out and trip and fall and then the person right behind you uh, uh, runs on top of you. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's certainly cases in both directions. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely risk there as well. Answer me this. Uh, you came up with this thing and then your, your uh, employer says, great, you know, we're a small company. We can go ahead and make this. Uh, now you're making it. And, uh, and we're into the marketing part of it because you said that's your weakness but you're selling it. Is there a chance you outsell the capacity of your current manufacturer, your employer? And then you're like, Hey man, um, I, my thing's doing better than you can, uh, than you can handle capacity wise. We've got to go somewhere else to make these things. Um, I mean, there's a potential there, but we have pretty, I wouldn't say unlimited capacity, but 
um, you know, we could build these things for a whole lot of planners every year, I guess, uh, more than what we're doing now. The hardest thing is just, you know, ramping up and scaling up, you know, to do that. Um, the business I work for is constantly growing. So um, adding a new product line and, and having expansion, it's nothing new for us. So it's, it's pr- pretty easy to handle really. What, uh, and, and I'm going to throw it out there, speaking of the patent and then the idea and then the thing being stolen from you, what prevents Lundell Plastics from just saying, hey, you know what, that's our product now? Um, you know, just pretty much the relationship I have established there with the owner of the company. Um, you know, we obviously... We so the owner of the company dies tomorrow and his greedy daughter says, I want to build this company up and have it in my likeness. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's always a risk of that there. I don't foresee that happening, but I mean, there is always a risk there or any other company for that matter, trying to just take it and copy it and, and you know, market it that way as well. Do they have uh, do you have a contract with them on uh, you're going to build this on a contractual arrangement for me? We have a established price and stuff like that, you know, set for the manufacturing side of it, I guess. Yes. Okay. And so they, that's on a price and then you don't guarantee a certain run. No, I don't uh, guarantee a certain purchase. I mean, obviously we put a large order in at the beginning of the season. And then, you know, if we run short or whatever, we just produce them as needed later on. So I guess what I'm getting here is there's a lot of people that, and I keep bringing up all the things, the potential pitfalls. Uh, yep. owner dies, a uh, greedy daughter, uh, and I, it could be greedy son. I'm not being chauvinistic here. Greedy, uh, heir, um, says piss on you. Um, yeah. uh, someone else steals it. I'm going through all these negatives, but here's the thing. That's the way a lot of people think, and it prevents them from ever doing anything. That's yeah. why I guess I'm, I'm bringing this up, Matt. I've had so many people, Damon, you've been running your own business for 30 years. I've got this idea. Well, the reason I'm not doing it is, and then they go through all those things and your yeah. answer to them would be. Um, you know, I guess prior to doing this, I wasn't, you know, it's not something I was doing. It's not something I need to do. It's just something that's helping me along. So, you know, I obviously, I guess probably my answer to that is I do business with people I trust, um, which that's probably, you know, that can be a pitfall as well. But if you've known the people for a long period of time, the other thing you have other relationships established with and through other things, obviously my employer probably wants me still to be employed there as well. Um, you know, developing products. So it's kind of a two way street thing, I guess, where, um, you know, I, I work with people that I trust, so I'm not worried about them stealing the ideas. If I was, if I would have been wor- worried about them stealing ideas, obviously I couldn't have brought it to market through the channels I did, I guess. Yeah. I, I liked, I, I guess I, like I said, I was bringing it up because, there you could get hung up on the what ifs and the and the defensive posture and this is exactly what most people do that they will never have an entrepreneurial venture and and I've seen it I see it all the time they talk to me about it and so that's where I was going that's I wasn't I was not in any way being critical I was more bringing up the idea that you could have never gotten this thing off, lift off no no and I see that in my day job all the time you know people come to us with an idea and they're like Hey, can you build this thing? And they won't tell me what it is. You know what I mean? Like even after you sign an NDA, it's like, they'll show you like a picture of this, but you have no idea what the application is. Um, you know, and, and a lot of times they may not even ha- necessarily have it designed right. You know what I mean? Like it's, there'd be a, 
way better way cheaper easier way to build it but they won't even really tell me what it's for so they're, they're terrified they're terrified that you're gonna lift their idea and so they won't divulge they won't divulge enough to know if you can make something for them and then they probably want a price and you're like I, maybe i don't even know what the hell we're talking about here. yeah exactly and you know a lot of the the issue with that is you don't the people that are that they, even if it's a good idea they might not end up with the best product because you know i'm trying to develop a product for them and i don't even know what it's going to get used for so you know that again that that's where the trust thing comes in you know if you have an idea and you're going to look to develop it or whatever you better work with a company you trust because if you don't trust that company you're never going to get the 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 best result possible because you can't freely share information to to make everything as best as possible I like it. And I agree with what you're saying right there, Um, by the way, for the person. And we always we always bring it down. You know, I I don't like to talk over people's heads. This is not uh, the ninth layer of Wall Street uh, derivatives where we're talking to people that have uh, advanced MBAs. So and you said, if if you have an NDA, NDA uh, is something we talk a lot about when they're in the idea business for the person that was afraid to ask. What's that mean? A non-disclosure agreement. So it's something that um, somebody, if they're bringing an idea to me, they'll have me sign this agreement, which basically says I'm not going to run away and steal your idea. Uh, That's that's the gist of it. One thing that I uh, subscribe to as an idea person, um, it was years ago. I read this thing by and they were in the creative arts, let's say Hollywood or something. I don't know. Uh, But they kind of reflected on their life and their career. And they said, you don't need to worry about somebody stealing your idea as much as you worry about that. Because the chances are, if it's a brilliant, revolutionary, earth-shattering, novel idea, you'll have to shove it down people's throats to actually get it to even go anywhere. Because the truth is, people are terrified of things that are new, bold, revolutionary, and earth-shattering. And I thought, that is bingo. Yeah, <laughs> if, it's, if it's too if it's too far out there, they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't Because remember, most people are trained to play defense, and most people are not visionary. Most people very much that you have to get you have to give them something that they already understand. Like you have to give them this thing like it's just like a round tire by Firestone. But and then you can take they just don't have the vision. That's not being mean. I'm pretty much you can explain something to me and I can just like go out here in space and have it in my head and I can see it. Most people are not that way. Yeah, you know that there's a lot of truth to that. Um, a lot of times, you know, when it is new or different, people are definitely critical of it, you know, whether that's a different farming practice or whatever, um, you know, or a different closing wheel or a yeah. different way of doing a comedy show or a different uh, staple gun. I mean, it's it's really everything. It's it's yeah. an idea. it can be an idea. It can be a practice. It can be a product. It could be anything or service. It could be we got a new way of doing a service. What are you talking about? We've been doing our we've been fixing air conditioners like this for 30 years. It could be anything, and there's going to be resistance. Yep. I got uh, a next question for you. Um, And before I do, you know, normally we would put a commercial right here. So here's the commercial. If you have a business meeting and you have a group of people gathering and you're saying, I need somebody that comes in and challenges some norms and actually talks about evolution of thinking, evolution of thinking to get our business to the next level, Give me a call. That's one of the things I specialize in. Yes, I'm in the agricultural business, but also agriculture is business. So if you need help, I can help you. In fact, I'm in talks right now with a 
an organization to do just that. I said, this is less about selling stuff tomorrow and more about evolution of thinking and how your business operates and all the new uh, parameters that you're operating under. And I think that's an important thing. That's why I got Matt Reader on here. Matt Reader, um, I told you before we hit record, you have one thing you've got to do. You've got to give your business, the one that's the side hustle, a name. Because right now it's just whatever. So you've got to give it a name. Will you do me a favor by the time that I talk to you next year and have a name for this business? Yeah, I'll work on that. That's something I need to develop. Like it, I'm, I'm more product-based. I'm always focused on um inventing and improving products but i the marketing side is where i need to probably spend a little more time and focus on so it brings me to my point in my book right here uh do business better now uh almost four years since it was released i talk about the the five p's of your personality type and so i already know which one you are but i am going to pull it up right now um and i'm going to ask you to give me a letter grade. You're going to give me a letter grade on each of them. The five P's. All right. You ready for this? In marketing 101, they teach the four P's of the marketing mix, product, price, place, and promotion, which they've changed that a bunch, whatever. I'm going to give you the five P's of your business personality, product, process, people, promotion, profitability. Okay. Yours is easy product. You are a product developer. You developed a product. You're a product person. I'm going to guess that you're going to give yourself uh, a 100% uh, on your business personality being about product. Yeah, I would agree with that. Process, how stuff gets done, how it gets made, how it gets completed, how anything goes from concept to fruition. Process, give yourself a give yourself a percentage grade. I'd give 100% there as well. Um, it's very important to be streamlined and and to be streamlined on the process side of it means you're cost competitive and cost competitive is very important. Um, okay. You can't sell a product if it's not affordable. So. Okay. Product and then process. And this, this, this is no, no surprise. You're an engineer and you've worked in manufacturing and uh, for your whole career, in addition to farming, product and process. People, give yourself a letter grade. How are you as a people person? Um, I, th I think I do pretty well. I guess the partnerships that I've created um, is why we're able to do this partnerships and relationships, I guess. Um, trusting people that I that I work with um, has allowed this to happen. So, again, I think that would be very high score, probably 90, 95 percent at least. So you're kind of cocky here, Matt. You've given yourself a 100 or 100 or 95. Hmm. It's going to go downhill from here. I have a feeling. <laughs> uh all right, product, process, people. Fourth idea, fourth P of the business. You like you like my business personality thing. You like this. You think this is a pretty good uh, way to look at yourself? Self critique. Yeah, it's probably an all right, all right way to do it. I think. Well, thank you for giving my book an all right, okay of doing things uh, sort <laughs> of uh, uh, recommendation. Promotion. Uh, promotion would be, I'd have to be close to an F there, 60% maybe. <laughs> um, I've obviously partnered with another company to promote the products for me, but as far as promoting my own products and and my own side business, I, I would be very, very marginal at best. All right. Profitability, money. Are you a money person? Um, I try to be. Um, I guess it's... Uh, it has been profitable for me, but I also realize that all stages of this process, everybody has to make money. So, you know, the manufacturer has to make money. I have to make a little money and so does the people marketing it. So um, I guess having realistic profit expectations are probably very important as well. Okay. 
beyond just profit on this particular product is an entrepreneurial mind. Uh, there are people that say, I just hate even thinking about money. I don't even like to talk about all that. I just want to, I just want to focus on building a better product. And I'm like, well, that's great, but you're going to end up working for somebody else because yeah. businesses, businesses don't last unless they make money. Yep. Yep. So yeah, obviously, um, you know, through my farming and stuff like that, farming is a pretty low margin business. So um, I've obviously learned how to be profitable in that field. Um, and then manufacturing and that side of things, it's kind of the same thing. Um, you, if you have re reasonable profit expectations, that'll actually help drive sales because your price points a little bit better. Um, so I, if you can sell a thousand or something and make 10 bucks versus selling a hundred, make a hundred, it's the same difference. You're just looking at, you know, the volume that it takes to do it. And, and a lot of times having, having uh, something at a fair price, you can drive a lot more volume. Um, so a fair price and have a, have a reasonable profit margin is usually the best way to go. I've found. I, uh, I, I, so I'm going to give you, uh, you give yourself an A plus product, A plus process people. You're going to give yourself what a high, a high in eighties to a minus to B plus on that. Yeah. Yeah. A minus on that promotion. You're giving yourself an F. I appreciate the honesty. Profitability, meaning your money mind as it turns to, into business, you're giving yourself a. I, I'm going to say a B. I guess I think I have a pretty good balance there. I guess. <clears throat> where do you think? Where do you think most? Uh, what do you think? One of those. Um, where do you think that you're, you're probably not going to become a promoter? You're, you're probably not going. It's not. It's not your thing. So yeah. most people, I think most people would struggle to give themselves an honest assessment on on that. I can tell you that uh, where I am <laughs> on all those things. Uh, I'm a promoter. I'm a profitability person. I'm actually forcibly a people person because mm -hmm. of being in on the stage and because of being in business. Uh, it wouldn't be my natural thing. And Lori tells me I still have uh, work to do on that. Uh, how stuff gets done process. I'm an F minus. I don't give two hoots in hell sometimes about how stuff gets done. I just want to get done. And uh, product, I'd say I'm about a B plus. So I think that's good. Where else? What did I miss? When I talk about uh, what it takes to be successful in business, what have you learned? What What did I miss besides business personality? What thing What thing do you know that the person listening to this does not? Um. So again, kind of back to what we talked about earlier. Um, when somebody has an idea for a new product, um, you know, or new idea, way to do something better, um, the key is, I think to still have an open mind and not get too zeroed in on it. Um, I'll have people that come to me with an idea um, and they're like, I got this great idea. It's going to, I'm going to sell a million of these things. You know, that's, there's a lot of people that jump from point A to point C or D or E, wherever along the line without really thinking it through. Um, so like when somebody comes to me with an idea, the first thing I do is I get on Google and I search to see if this is really a new idea. And you would not believe how many times Somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I got this great idea. You know, and I'll even be sitting in a meeting with them and thinking, boy, I think I've heard that or seen that. <laughs> right. um, so I don't say that in the meeting, obviously, but as soon as I get out of that meeting, I, I Google it. And like, it's amazing how I think people sometimes are blind, you know, they think they have this great idea. So they refuse, they refuse to see the reality that somebody has already done it. You know, um, they might've thought of this idea or think they thought of it. you know, maybe they, they saw it in their subconscious or whatever. Yeah, that that happens by the way, but that happens, you, you know, where you're like, so I got this idea and blah, 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 blah. I was like, damn it. I think that eight years ago, you must've run across this and then like gotten drunk and forgot that maybe this already happened. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of one thing like, um, people get too focused on the idea and just thinking it's a great idea and they just refuse to see any, any of the signs that it's not going to work. Um, you know, like a, there's already something like it on the market or, you know, they just get so wrapped up in the idea. Um, they stick a lot of money and develop a product and the product really doesn't work. So, you know, along the way, you got to do adequate testing and, and that sort of thing before you, um, a, you, you have to be willing to invest the money. But the other thing is, is along the way, you don't want to just invest the money without knowing that the idea is going to work. You want to prove it out as, as inexpensively as possible. Once you, you can prove that it works, then that's when you really start worrying about investing the money to develop a quality product. I think that one thing you said, though, you said too focused on the idea and and there's other stuff out there. If you had not done your thing, there's other closing wheels. You already told me there's dozens and dozens of them. So I don't I don't I don't know that I would want to dissuade um, a, a person to back off their idea because there's somebody else out there. There's some other product. I mean, holy hell, there's then nothing would ever get created. Yeah. You just mainly have to make sure that it's different and fills a need that's still there. Um you know, back to the closing wheel thing. Like I said, on my own farm, I used, I probably used six or eight different brands of closing wheels before saying heck with it. I there's certain things I like about this one. There's certain things I like about this one. I combined everything there plus made a couple other changes. And I'm like, you know, this, this will actually work and, um, proved it out on my own farm, you know, started out slow, having a few other farmers try it and they really liked it. And that's when I decided I need to take this thing and actually market it. There's a there's no question about the fact that people do get too focused. They get very narrow minded, like they're very excited about this thing. And then they don't realize that it's not all that novel. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and uh, but like I said, I think that we should be careful not to discourage and dissuade somebody from going about, forward with something just because there might be something else like it out there, because there's yeah. there's nothing that's you know, we use the word unique a lot. Unique means uncomparable, nothing else like it. What what the hell would that describe? <laughs> you, know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when people say you're one in a million, that means there's, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> one point fourteen hundred people just like you in China, you know. So anyway, but the, the lessons that you have learned that you think you would tell somebody that um, is a business, small business, want to be small business, entrepreneur, expanding person, what's what, what are you going to tell them? That's a pretty broad question, but yeah, I guess well, that's a big, broad question. Cause I want to make it easy on you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would say probably the main thing is if you have an idea that you really believe in, um, or you just flat out know it works, um, just pursue it. I guess that's the first thing. So if you have weaknesses, like, like I said, my, my weakness on the whole thing was marketing. So if you have that weakness, find somebody that can help you along with that. Um, yep establish relationships and partnerships that that are mutually beneficial um when they're mutually beneficial usually everybody ends up happy and and uh successful and profitable which is ultimately the goal so um i had a product um i realized that the marketing was the weakness so i found a partnership that could help me um move this product to market and i guess that's that's what's made it successful so now that you've got that part handled in conjunction with our 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 uh our co uh our our our, our mutual uh, business friend uh is there something next is there another product is there another three products that you say hey now that we got this thing running i'm the product guy you're the promotion and marketing arm of it let's go to the next thing <laughs> 
Yep. So we're actually building um, a different parallel arm for planters. Um, the parallel arms, what holds the row unit onto the toolbar. So, um, those parallel arms, uh, John Deere has had the same style parallel arm on their planter since the seventies, I guess they've never really made an improvement to it. Um, you have all this high tech stuff behind these parallel arms as far as electric drives and all that stuff. Um, but that was a, definitely a weak point on my own planter, um, so about three, four years ago, I built parallel arms that had bearings in them as opposed to bushings. Um, kind of a funny story about that. Um, when I started down that road of building that, um, I was planning on having a, a double bushing set up on the parallel arms, um, which long story short, I turned turned out it was less expensive to build them with bearings, which turned out to be a good thing because there's how many other, there's probably four or five other parallel arms that have come to the market since that time with the bushing setup in it. So um, that one I'm going to attribute a little bit to dumb luck. I went down the road, the one road, um, I decided the bearing thing was a better way to go. And I have less competition on a bearing style parallel arm than I would have a double bushing parallel arm. So and by the way, you're talking engineering talk right there, because I'm not sure I understand the difference between a bearing <laughs> and a double bushing. So either yeah. way, that's, that's fine. Next thing, if you get this thing going, do you see yourself quitting the daytime job because a lot of people are probably gonna say this guy's already got stuff going and he's been around for a long time why doesn't he just really strike out on his own um i would say it's probably um not something that i'm really looking to do at any time in the near future anyway um i enjoy my day job um, i can do these other products um, i'm not doing the manufacturing myself on them so really the time investment's pretty minimal um I also could probably spin off and do a little bit more of a full-time farming gig, but I just feel the engineering and uh, managing people and developing products is probably the best use of my time. So um, I don't really foresee changing changing the balance of what I'm doing now anytime in the near future. It's interesting because that's something that probably is very comforting to some folks that are listening to this. They're like, hey, man, I don't mind my day job. I think I can keep both of these things going. And it sounds like you can yeah, yeah, yeah. My day job's very enjoyable and rewarding, so I guess I don't, I don't have any reason. You know, some people hate their job and you're are just sure. looking for a way out. Well, do I you think if you were freed out, up? Okay, well, answer me this: If you were freed up, could you do more uh, on your own? Could you, could you be more uh, creative, more, more focused? You know, I, I don't know if it would help me a lot because um, actually, if I wasn't, you know, say. Farming's kind of a, another job that I have. If I wasn't farming, a lot of these ideas wouldn't come about. Same way, like, you know, when I'm involved in other manufacturing and stuff like that, I guess it just helps my mind and keeps it going, I guess. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I come up with, it's it's through my day job or day jobs, I guess, is where I see a need and and, and develop something. So if I sat around all day and tried to think of ideas, I don't know. I might come up with some ideas, but they might not be very, very good ideas either because. I got to be honest, uh, man, I, I have a similar. Sometimes I get overwhelmed because I produce podcasts. I work on the side for Extreme Ag. I speak at events. I've got my farming operation, which I, I rent out, but I still have things that I have to manage on my farm and my timber, et cetera. And I've got like a few other things that I do. And I'm like, God, this is too much. 
But I think, well, the one thing is everything feeds the next thing. And by being out here doing this, then it gives me the idea on this. Then I also apply it over here. So there's this tough part where it seems like you're working all the time, but one feeds the other. And it's intentional congruence in that way. And, and I guess that's what you have. Yeah, yeah, everything I have, you know, it's it's somewhat ag related. So everything kind of works together, I guess. Um, my day job, as you call it, it's very, very flexible. You know, I take all the time off for spring and fall work and that sort of thing. Um, and just it works well. I guess I don't. So know. there's the person that's out here. By the way, you said everything's ag related, which since the company you work for manufacture stuff for the ag space, they understand that uh, some of our employees still have a part time farming operation. They're going to be gone for a couple of weeks in June or May or April, and, and they're going to be gone for a couple of weeks in September, October. I mean, that's kind of what you've got going on. Yeah. What about the person that's listening that says, you lucky bastard. <laughs> I want to start my I want to start my side gig, but my employer wants me to be there all the time. So he's either quit or stay on. What do you yeah. tell? Yeah, I guess you know. I don't know if it's the right answer or not, but I guess you kind of somewhat if you make yourself indisposable to the company in a way. Um, if you if you show your value when you are there, um, usually the flexibility kind of comes along with that. As long as you know, as long as you're at the right company, I guess if your hard work um, is noticed, um, like I said, usually that flexibility is probably going to come along with it. I, I like that answer. And the other thing I would say to that person that has that dilemma, or maybe it's an excuse. Based on the last three years, we are in a more flexible work environment than we have ever been. We already were getting to where you had your phone and you had your ability to work uh, remotely sometimes. If you can't pull this off now, there's never been a better time. So, yeah, I think you're right. But you said something really smart. You said, demonstrate your value to your employee, the employer as an employee, uh, and then say, then ask for the flexibility to go and have your your side hustle, right? Yeah, exactly. If anybody wants to learn more about you or seek you out for this product or do what everybody else does, seek you out and say, I got an idea. How do they find you, Matt? Um, so obviously the products that we're making, um, you can find those on integratedagsolutions.com. Um, if you're somebody out there that has an idea um, and just looking for help developing it, um, you can contact me at my job, which is, or look, look us up on the web. Uh, it's lundellplastics.com. Um, my contact information is right on the website. I guess if you have an idea, I'd be more than willing to look at it and try to help you develop it. His name is Matt Reeder. It's spelled R-O-E-D-E-R, Reeder. He's with Lundell Plastics Corporation. He's an engineer. He's an entrepreneur. He's a farmer. And uh, he's a good interview because he just uh, gave you guys a whole bunch of, I think, uh, real good feedback. By the way, how many years has this been going on? Uh, you're in your how many years now? Um, I guess I've been of the, engineering. Of the, of the side biz. The side deal, we're on probably year three or four right now. So, yeah. So, yeah, you said 20 plus years as the engineer, farm kid, your whole life farming operation on the side and then uh, side hustle engineered product uh, geared to this. And you've got other products coming. So that's exciting. Yep. Yeah. We're going to keep uh, working on stuff and see what else we can come up with. Cool. His name is Matt Reeder. Look him up. Till next time. Thanks for being here. I'm Damian Mason. This is Do Business Better. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. 
Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you.